She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. I'm so happy to be back with you this week with my people. You guys are my people. And I am so, 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 so happy to be back with you guys. Listen, happy Thanksgiving, literally. Like I hope and pray you have the absolute best Thanksgiving of your entire lifetime. This is one of the best weeks of the year. I've got to say, like, like I, I'm thankful for this week, right? My kids are out of school. Our hearts are set in the position of gratefulness and Christmas is coming. Like we're able to thank God for the year and then we're able to celebrate our, our King Jesus. So happiest Thanksgiving from my team to you. We are so thankful for you. Every single one of you guys. And I know I say this all the time and you know, maybe, maybe all the podcasters say it all the time. I don't know. I only have a handful that I'm like, I listen to all the time, but I want to say you guys you guys were on the other side of my faith, but you guys are God's faithfulness to me. You are God's faithfulness. You're the very manifestation. You're the personification of God's faithfulness to me, to my producer, Mike. I know he's listening in, making sure I don't sound crazy, you know, to Cassie, to the, to the production team, to just, to just everyone. So as my family is very thankful for you, know that we are as well. We don't take every download. We do not take it for granted. We don't take it for granted when you share. We do not take it for granted this position that God has put us in. So thank you so much for you. Thank you. So we're going to hear a really, you are going to hear after the break, a message that I, that I have recently done. And I did it via Facebook Live. But listen, you guys. It's going to sound a little different. It won't be up to our normal par sound quality. Mike's going to do the best that he can because he's an expert, my producer. But listen, I I really, really, really felt the Lord speaking to me for you and for myself while I put this message together. So after the break, you will hear that. Again, the sound quality is going to be a little bit different, but it was so good and it, and it spoke to me so deeply. I wanted to share it with you. That's after the break. It's going to be for those of you that find it hard to find Thanksgiving because what you're facing is so hard. The theme will be with Thanksgiving. How do you live in a trial with Thanksgiving? That's after the break. But what's going on in my life? So... <laughs> You guys, Black Friday is getting earlier and earlier. It's like, it's like, like six months in advance. I feel like in July, people start shopping for the day after Thanksgiving sales. Like it's ridiculous. Okay. Remember the good old days when you were growing up and there was that really thick newspaper that came the Friday morning or, or on Thanksgiving day. And you know, your dad would run out and get the newspaper and you'd look through all the ads and circle what you want. Remember those days? 
do they even do that anymore? I don't know if they even do that anymore, but we did it in my house and we were able uh, growing up and we were able to pick like one or two things and then we would hope and pray that mom, my parents would buy it for us. But that really doesn't happen so much anymore on Thanksgiving day. What has happened, and I know this because I just lived this, is that they send the ads one week or to two weeks in advance, okay? Two to three weeks ago, I was getting ads for, you know, I love Williams and Sonoma and like Pottery Barn and all that stuff to make your house holiday, whatever. And with those ads came the Target ad the Target Thanksgiving Day sale ad, the Costco Thanksgiving Day ad. Um, We got Walmart. We got all the ads in our mailbox. And you probably did too. So I did not know that my husband did this. Okay. Had no idea. But last week was so busy for me that I I really don't even know anything about last week. But my husband gave my children, my four children, the, these ads, okay. The target booklet, the Walmart booklet, the Costco, the Sam's club, all of them. And there's an Amazon one now. I didn't even know. I've never even seen that before, but that's brand new to me. Maybe they've done it for years. I don't know, but there's an Amazon one too. And he said, look through these books and circle everything that you want. (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight 2020. Why he did that? I have no idea. I think he regrets it as well. Moses comes up to us and he's like, mom, I found 80 things I want for Christmas. 80. That's an eight zero. I I was like, son, (laughs) that's not going to happen. I love you so much, but 80 things like, but I want them all. I'm like, I'm sure you do want them all, but we are not doing that. Okay. Grace, you know, Grace is my minimalist. She like, she wants the world, she wants world peace, but she really doesn't want like, she doesn't need a whole bunch of things like, you know, so she's like, and she's also 16. So she's like, mom, I want money and whatever. Haven and Jude, however, might be the most interesting Christmas shoppers I've ever met. And let me tell you why. I was looking through these ads yesterday, just thinking, I'm going to look for ideas on what to buy for my children, right? Now, what they do is they circle the ad and then they put the initial of their first name. So all of Moses's circles have M's, Jews have J's and so on and so on and so forth. Okay. So I'm looking through this Target ad for the kids and, you know, you get your usual, like, you know, you get your dolls, you get your, you know, Nerf guns, you get your, you know, Legos, whatever. And I come to one page and circled is fish oil vitamins, supplements. Yes, that is correct. And I'm thinking, like, did my mom circle this? (laughs) Did my mom drop in from Indiana and circle this? And I looked at it thinking, what child of mine wants fish oil vitamins and supplements? And there was a teeny tiny little H next to the vitamins and supplements. And I'm like, she was at school. And I was like, Eddie, Haven wants fish oil for Christmas. Okay. We continue on in our quest to find out what our children want. And we open up the Costco, the Costco ad. And there's circles everywhere, right? There, there is one page that's all meat, okay, hamburger, whatever, and circled on this page is 
pork tenderloin. And I'm thinking, what what child of mine wants pork tenderloin? I'll, I'll give you one guess. Yes, that's right. Haven. Haven wants fish oil and pork tenderloin. Okay. We're like dying laughing at this point because I think it is one of the funniest things that she has ever done. She is so funny. We move on. We move on, you guys, through the pages of the Costco ads. And there is prosciutto. And yes, you guessed it. (laughs) Haven wants pork tenderloin, fish oil, and prosciutto for Christmas because her teeny tiny little age is right by the circle. And you guys, I have to say, if that doesn't sum up my six-year-old daughter in like 10 minutes, I don't know what is. She is the most funniest person I ever met. We brought her home from school yesterday after we had looked through the ads and thinking, I'm not like, like, what if she actually got fish oil for Christmas and she opened it up? What would she actually do? You know, I might buy it for her. I might go and buy it and see, like put it in her stocking and see if she's like excited about, or maybe a big pork tenderloin in her stocking. <laughs> what would she do? Would she be grateful? I don't know. Knowing her, she probably would because I asked her what she wanted to eat on Thanksgiving. And she said, I want meat sticks and I want turkey and I want nothing else. (laughs) I was like, okay. Anyway, I just thought I would uh, give you a little window into my home. But when she came home yesterday from school, I said, baby, do you want these vitamins for Christmas? Yes. Do you want this meat? Yes. Do you want prosciutto? Yes. I was like, okie doke. So apparently she knew exactly what she was doing. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, our kids are gifts from God, aren't they? Join me, you guys, right after this break. You are not going to want to miss this message on Thanksgiving. How do you wait with Thanksgiving? How do you go through a trial with Thanksgiving? Catch me after the break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. So you guys, I am kind of obsessed with this word today. I have not really talked very much about this passage of scripture. And today today is my day. Today is my day to do it. We are a society, (laughs) you're going to love this, (laughs) you're going to hate it. We're a society that has become obsessed with complaining. That's really not up for debate. 
We are obsessed with negativity. We're obsessed with complaining. We're obsessed with, you know, when things don't go our way. <laughs> I told you you're gonna love this. When things don't go our way, we want to tell everyone that they're not going our way, okay? And there's been a lot of outlets that have made that possible. I even think like texting is one of those things where it's super easy to, to send a snarky comment or it's super easy to send like a snarky gift to someone. It's, it's, it's very easy to complain. And if you think of what we are faced with, we have been faced with in our life in the last couple of years, you know, just in day-to-day -day life though, let's just take the last couple of years out of it. Like in day-to-day -day life, because of society, you know, complaining spreads. You think of the nation of Israel, complaining spreads. You know, one of them didn't like something. Well, then five of them didn't like something. Then a hundred of them didn't like something. And then a thousand of them didn't like them. Before you know, Moses was like toast, okay? They just wanted him gone. Complaining has become, complaining rather than Thanksgiving has become the rule. And I, I, I am guilty of this too, okay? I am guilty of this too. Like, I, I'm not here trying to <laughs> pretend that I'm better than I am. I'm guilty of this too. I wish I wasn't, um, but I am. And, you know, yesterday I took like the whole day because I knew what was happening. I knew I was getting ready to share. And just, just refocused my thoughts. You know, sometimes when we live in a way for so long, or a society has become something for so long, we start internalizing it. We start, actually, it, it influences us in a negative way. And today, I want to flip that. I want to flip that. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I had a conversation with someone the other day and I just was like, I am so tired of the negativity. I'm so tired of it. And we're going to do something about it today in the next three days. But it's really easy to complain. <laughs> Super easy to complain. When you feel like you have been wronged, when you feel like you have been waiting too long for uh, something from the Lord, when you feel like there is an antagonist almost trying to get you down, it's really hard to choose Thanksgiving. And what, what I want to do uh, today is, is I want to focus on Thanksgiving, but I want to do it in a little bit different way. The reason I titled this with Thanksgiving, it is for going to be for those people that are walking through something excruciatingly hard. How do you walk through? Because God does ask us to walk through incredibly hard things with Thanksgiving. How do you do that? How? It's, it almost seems impossible. No one's saying, talking about Thanksgiving very much. I haven't seen, now people probably talk about it next week, but I haven't seen a lot of people doing full message series on Thanksgiving. How do you walk through something hard? How do you walk through grief? with thanksgiving how do you do that it seems like it's absolutely impossible to do that i'm going to show you the key on how to do that today i want to go to my girl hannah now listen this is going to be this is really just from my heart today i know um you know some people are like you share too much scripture and i'm like and <laughs> 
I'm sorry if that offends you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You share too much scripture. It's hard to follow. Then I'm doing my job, okay? It's not about what Autumn says. It's about what God says, okay? But if you're walking through trial, if you're walking through grief, if you're walking through anything difficult, you have a choice. You have a choice to make. You have the choice of being negative. You can do that. God gives us free will. You can do that. You can be negative. You can be down. You can be discouraged. You can do that. You have the freedom to do that. On the other hand, you also can walk through it with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is at times one of the hardest choices you will ever have to make. Today, I'm going to show you why it's not as hard as you think, but you absolutely can walk through something that is horrifically difficult with Thanksgiving. Now, today I'm going to speak from my heart. I'm going to share, I'm going to talk about a lot of scripture because I want you to go back to this scripture and then I'm going to tie it into the New Testament and to a prayer that Jesus prayed. Okay. So we're going to have a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament. By the way, my Jesus initiative for next month will be all about the miracles of Jesus in December. It is going to be so good. I am so excited about it. So make sure you join me. It's probably going to be the first or second week of December. We're going to talk about all the miracles. I want you to go with me today to one of my friends. She doesn't know she's my friend. She's in heaven, but she is one of my friends and her name is Hannah. Her name is Hannah. Now, don't log off because you have no idea what I'm getting ready to say. It will be something you probably haven't heard recently, if ever, okay? First Samuel 2 says this. Then Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. This is a prayer of thanksgiving. A little header above this, probably in your Bible, will say a prayer of thanksgiving. Hannah is praying thanksgiving to her father God. My heart exalts the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, a very, very literal horn. <laughs> my mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. Now listen, when we complain, that's what we're doing. We're boasting in what has not happened. We're arrogant about what has not happened. Complaining, negativity, we boast in how angry our soul is with the situation or with God or with whatever. It is a boast. It is the opposite of Thanksgiving. And Hannah is telling us right here, boast no more so very proudly. Just be quiet. That's what she's saying. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth for the Lord. And this is why for the Lord is a God of knowledge and with him actions are waged. Wade, the bows of the mighty are shattered. Those who are full hire themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren, barren gives birth to seven. But she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and he raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. 
He brings low and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he set the world on them. He keeps the feet of the godly one, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness for not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them, he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength to his king and will exalt the horn of his anointed. Now, she went hardcore Thanksgiving, okay? First Samuel 2 is a song if you read it, and I want you to read this for yourself because there's no way I could cover all the emotions in this song of Thanksgiving in the time that we have. I just can't. But that is a woman right there who knows the, the cry of a desperate desire that was not heard for quite some time. That is a woman right there who opens her soul and who gives to the Lord and who is singing excuse me, the praises of the Lord who knows what desolation is like. She knows what an unanswered prayer is like. She knows what a need is like. She says, boast no more. Boast no more. So very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. With him, actions are waged. She says, there is no one holy like the Lord, nor is there any rock besides our God. This is a woman that knows that there is no one like the Lord. There is no one like the rock of God. She knows it. She's experienced it. How do you get there? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and that's what I studied. I read that to you first because that's where we're going. That's where I want you to be. I want you guys to face some of these situations that are so incredibly devastating and so difficult and you just can't get, and you don't know how you're gonna press on and you don't know how you're gonna go forward. I want you to understand that the song of a Thanksgiving from Hannah is possible for you. You can choose that. But what Hannah was thankful for is not what people actually think that she is thankful for. Let's go and find out what her problem is. If you've heard this story, you already know, but it's what she's thankful for is not what you think she's thankful for. Let's read about her story in 1 Samuel 1. Listen, listen, I've got a lot of application on this, you guys. Now there was a certain man from Ramathaim, Zophim, from the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephraimite. Listen, listen, listen. Elkna had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And there were two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkna sacrificed, hang with me, please hang with me. 
This is awesome. He would give portions to Penaniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But listen, to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. And this was Hannah's problem. But the Lord had closed her womb. So here we have a guy, his name's Elkna, okay? He's got two wives at this point, Penaniah, Penaniah. She's fertile. She's got kids, okay? <laughs> She's able to conceive, which back in biblical times, if you know anything about biblical times, you'll know that it was an honor for a woman to be able to conceive children. If she couldn't, she was really in that time that she didn't have much value, okay? That was her value, raising children, okay? And giving her husband children. So Penaniah had children and Hannah didn't, okay? Now, that was Hannah's problem. Could you imagine watching another wife now, you know, <laughs> have children and you couldn't? You watch another wife do things and you, and you could not do them? Um, this was hard for Hannah. But this is what I want, I want to bring out today. Verse 6 says this, her rival, however... Her rival, as in the other wife, Penaniah, her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly and irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival would provoke her bitterly because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse seven says this, it happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her so she wept and would not eat now listen the reason i chose the story hannah is because this is one of the lines there's a woman who has exactly what hannah wants okay she is the wife of her husband because there's two wives there this woman chose to capitalize on what hannah could not do she was according to the text Hannah's rival. Let me tell you something. Whatever it is that you have need for today, and it is so incredibly difficult. It is so hard. You don't know how you're going to press on. You don't know how you're going to press forward. You don't know what exactly you're going to do. Let me tell you something. The enemy, the devil, is your rival. And he is probably doing to you exactly what Penaniah did to Hannah. He is taunting you. He is telling you the Lord has forsaken you. The Lord has forgotten you. The Lord is not going to come through. He is literally causing you to construct a mindset of negativity, of complaining, of frustration, of irritation. And that is exactly what Penaniah did to Hannah. In the text, we see that it's another person that did it. It could come in the form of another person. Oh, yes, it can come in the form of another person. But the devil uses who he will. He's got our own minds that he can slip little thoughts into that can irritate us and frustrate us. What is your need today? Whatever that is, I can tell you someone served you a narrative that has irritated you that you don't have that thing. I'm guaranteeing you it's happened. You know why? Because I am a person and it's happened to me too. When there is a severe need, 
The thing that the enemy does not want you to have is Thanksgiving. Because he knows it's by Thanksgiving in the great war of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah against the Moabites, that war was won. He knows that when there was a great shout in Jericho, the walls fell flat and they chose to thank God even though nothing had really happened yet. He knows the power of thanksgiving. He knows the power of worship. And so when there is a great need, in order to keep you from thanksgiving, walking through it with thanksgiving, he will assign to you a rival, just like Penaniah was rivals with Hannah. And it will irritate you. And it will cause you and tempt you to do one thing, complain, be negative, forsake the Lord forsake all faith. It will cause you to do that. It will tempt you to do that. But I'm telling you today, there is a way for you to silence that rival. Hannah did it and we'll see it. There is a rival assigned to your need. I know it because I've walked with God for 20 years. I know it. And today I want us to choose to silence that rival and push ourselves into a mentality of thanksgiving rather than negativity and complaining so we can walk with thanksgiving. Let's move on. So here we have this rival. She's irritating Hannah. And Hannah gets to the point, guys, where she just cannot do it anymore. And I feel this so deep because I have been Hannah in this place. I know exactly where she is, you guys. So here we go. She's got, she's got Penaniah who's, who's irritating her and, and basically making her feel bad about something she can't even control. Verse 8, then Elkna, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And let me tell you, when I read this, I felt like the Lord was saying this to us. Why do you weep? Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than this need? Have I not provided for you? I felt like almost like, and it does, it's clearly Elknez who's saying it, but I felt like a tender, just little comment from the Lord. Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than this? Verse nine, then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of God. She, verse 10, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on my affliction of your maidservant and remember, remember the word remember, if you will look on your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant. Remember me. Don't forget me. Remember me. Don't forget me. Remember me, Lord. Don't forget me. I will give and give me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and a razor shall never come near his head, which was as per custom. Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her. Now Eli was the priest. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart, but only her lips were moving. 
but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. <laughs> what other explanation is there? She couldn't be praying. She must be drunk. <laughs> then Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? He, it's so funny. He chastised her when she was doing the exact right thing. He chastised her and he assumed something about her that wasn't true when she was doing the exact right thing. How many of you guys have been so desperate, so desperate? You're clinging on to hope, you're clinging on to faith and you've got an Eli that comes in and chastises you and tells you something and all you're trying to do with all of your heart is purely pour out your heart before the Lord and do the right thing. How many of you guys have got a chastiser like Eli? So at this point, she didn't just have a Penaniah. She also had Eli. Both of them were chastising her and irritating her when she was trying to do the right thing. Another way we know that the enemy is after our thanksgiving. But Hannah replied, verse 15, no, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman, for I have spoken until now of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. Now listen, I get frustrated with Eli, even though he's a priest, <laughs> in this passage of scripture. We have a woman here. It just shows that the enemy can use anyone. We have a woman here who is in the exact right place. She is in the temple and she is doing exactly what the Lord tells us to do. He says, come to me. He says, cast all your burdens on me. He says, he says, pray and do not let lose heart. He says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. She is doing, Hannah is in the right here. Hannah is doing everything that she is supposed to be doing. She got to a point where she couldn't take the irritation enough. She was done with the negativity. She was done with being oppressed by this rival, Penaniah. And so she chose to do the thing that she desperately needed to do in the beginning of all of this, which was pour out her soul before the Lord. What else could she do? She couldn't make herself pregnant. Pour out her soul to the Lord. And as she was doing that, she got chastised. If someone is chastising you or irritating you or whatever, I want you to continue to do the right thing anyway. Continue to do the right thing anyway. She says this to Eli. I have poured out my soul before the Lord. That's where I want to stop for a second. Have you poured out your soul before the Lord when it comes to that thing? Pouring out, you know, you take a cup and you go, Psh, you pour it out. That means you have completely emptied your soul before the Lord, poured out. This is what we do. We don't 
pour out very much anymore. It's not even really talked about anymore, pouring out our soul before the Lord. But I'm telling you, this is the pathway to shutting the negativity and the complaining and moving to a place of thanksgiving. She poured out her soul so rawly and authentically and transparently before the Lord that the priest thought she was drinking. I'm going to challenge you today. This will help you. If you're frustrated with God about that thing that hasn't happened yet, tell him. If you're frustrated about, you know, not seeing any movement, tell him. Whatever emotion or feeling or whatever it is that you feel towards that thing, I want you to pour out. Pour it out. Don't leave it half full. Don't leave it three quarters full. Don't leave it a fourth full. I want you to take that picture of your soul and I want you to pour it out until you get to the bottom of your frustration about that thing. Hannah didn't leave. She didn't leave until she was at the bottom of her frustration of that thing. She didn't leave. She wasn't finished. You're not finished. Because anything that you leave that's not laid before the Lord, the enemy can irritate you with. Leave it all out. That's what she did. And let me tell you this. Verse 18 says this. So the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. She went her way. What she did transferred her from a place of irritation to a place of peace and thanksgiving. That simple act, pouring herself out before the Lord, changed her mentality. Why? Because she knew that she had done all she could do. All she could do. She was done carrying it on her own. So she took it to the one that wants to carry it for us. And I want you guys to do that today. Listen, it took me years to get this. And you guys clearly know I wrote Gangster Prayer, the book. It took me years to get this. It took me so many years to not pray fake. And what I was actually feeling, not telling God, because, oh my goodness, he would be so mad at me. It took me so many years to stop praying so ugh, and to actually start pouring myself out before the Lord. I just did it the other day, poured it totally out. I was like, maybe I should put some of that back in the picture. <laughs> but you know what? God wasn't intimidated by my frustration and he won't be intimidated by yours either. It's because, listen, it's because she chose to pour out that she shifted her mentality from complaining and frustration and irritation and sadness to thanksgiving. Listen, they rose early, verse 19, 1 Samuel 1, 19. They then rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord, her and her husband, Elkna, and returned again to their house in Ramah. And Elkna had relations <laughs> with Hannah, his wife. And listen to this. The Lord remembered her. 
it came about in due time, remembered. He remembered. He remembered. And it came about, verse 20, in due time, that she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Now, we're going to bring this home here. What does she name him? Because the Lord remembered her, she named him Samuel. Because I have asked him of the Lord. Do you know what Samuel means? Samuel means this, heard of God. Heard of God. She named her son heard of God because God remembered that she asked to be remembered. Let me submit something to you today. I don't think when she talks about Thanksgiving, I don't know that she's actually talking about Samuel. That's of course a part of it. But as I read the text, what I see actually transferred her heart from sadness to hope was not the birth of Samuel. Why? Because it happened before she was even pregnant. It happened after she poured out her heart before the Lord, which tells me in 1 Samuel 2, she wasn't really talking about the birth of Samuel. Yes, of course, that was a product. She was talking about the fact that she can have a great thanksgiving in the Lord Almighty. Why? Because he heard her and he remembered. He remembered that she asked to be remembered. She re he remembered that she asked to be remembered. So she named her son Samuel, heard of God. What does that tell me? She was thankful that she was heard. She was grateful that she was heard. She was grateful that someone maybe for the first time in her life listened and answered based upon her request. So this is what I'm telling you today and then we're gonna flip over to Jesus and then we'll be done. You might not have your conception of Samuel yet. You might not have it. But you can be thankful just like Hannah was in the fact that you can take it to the bank that God hears every cry that you pour out before him like a pitcher in, in front of the altar. He has heard you. He will heard, hear you. He is listening to you. He, he, he remembered that she asked to be remembered. Be thankful today that even though you might not have your Samuel, you have your God that has a listening ear to what you're saying. And when you pour it out all before him, you can leave hopeful, full of thanksgiving because he has heard you. Jesus comes to a tomb, John 11, a tomb of Lazarus. You know the story of Lazarus. You know the story of, you know, he, he died. Jesus could have stayed, could have saved him. I've talked about Lazarus multiple times. But God brought this to my mind as I was studying about Hannah. 
when he's standing there before the tomb, everyone's standing there with him going, what is he going to do? <laughs> this is crazy. What's he going to do? And Jesus does something that most people don't do. He said to Martha, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead for four days. Like Jesus didn't already know that. Okay. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then, then listen to how Jesus prays. Listen to this. This is the prayer that brought a dead man back to life. This is crazy. But this is how he chooses to pray. They removed the stone and then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, listen, thank you that you have heard me. I knew that I know that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I say it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Listen, what did Jesus say? Father, this is the prayer that raised the dead man back to life. The first thing that he said was, thank you that you have heard me. What was Samuel's name? Heard of God. As you're walking through whatever it is that you're walking through, I'm gonna tell you a reason for amazing, incredible Thanksgiving, and it is this, because God hears you. He hears you so much and he is so willing to do things in our lives that we, we, say, we say God's no for him so many times, it's ridiculous. But as you are walking in that thing, I want you to lay all your soul out before the Lord in prayer. And then I want you to transfer that complaining over to thanksgiving because you can thank God right now that he has heard you. Lord, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you hear me, Jesus says, but because of all these people listening, I want them to believe that you sent me. So I say it, God is hearing you just like he heard Jesus, just like he heard Hannah. That rival, whatever it is that's irritating you, silence it. Pour out your soul before the Lord so you can walk forward with thanksgiving. Wasn't that a good word, you guys? Wasn't that a good word? With thanksgiving. Let's walk today with thanksgiving. This morning I was thanking God for all sorts of weird things. But I want to walk with thanksgiving. I don't ever want to be entitled. Entitled people complain. I don't want to do that. Lord, forgive me when I don't. I want to walk forward with Thanksgiving. Because if you don't see anything, you can know Samuel heard of God. He's listening to you. Okay. I love you guys. I hope this encouraged you. Share with a friend to encourage them. Share away. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? 
To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Oh, I hope you guys really enjoyed that message about Hannah. Oh my goodness. It literally, Samuel means God heard me. And um, I just love that. I feel like we talk about what Isaac means all the time. um, And we don't ever talk about what the meaning of the name Samuel is. So God heard you and you can rest and move forward in peace knowing that. Uh, Okay, I have a question from one of you guys. Here it is. Here it is. And I love this question. It says, I, uh, it's really hard to be thankful this year. This is a question from Caitlin. How would you recommend getting into the habit of having a thankful heart always? How can I have a more thankful spirit? Okay. Caitlin, great question. I feel like you might speak from the masses. I mean, for the masses. I mean, if you think, if if you, I don't know if you are even listening right now, but if you were, uh, the prequel to my um, message today was talking about how complaining has become a way of life. Um, It is our society is used to complaining. We're almost more used to complaining um, now than, than we ever have been in my lifetime. We're used to people's opinions. We're used to people's sarcasm. We're used to negativity. Um, you know, you put something out and you, you're, you're, you just kind of expect there to be a negative feedback from some point. There is a negative, uh, we're living in a negative society and, and the fact that social media is at our fingertips. If you click on the comment section at all, you're going to see the negativity of our society. If you listen to the news, oh my goodness, um, that just puts you in a negative mindset. So I know that Satan does not want us to be thankful. And he is successful when all we do is think negative thoughts, think negative things. Now I get it. I am guilty of this too. I'm guilty of complaining. I'm guilty of it at all. Okay. But Satan also knows, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, that wars have been won by Thanksgiving. Um, you can CC King Jehoshaphat. Okay. Wars have been won by worship. 
Um, things have happened when people have been thankful that would not have happened if they weren't. And so what does Satan want to keep us from? The enemy wants to keep us from a heart of thanksgiving, which is why it is imperative that we renew our minds daily with the scriptures. Because when we're in the scriptures and when we hear the hope and the joy and the promises of God that are promised to us, we have tangible reasons to be thankful. Um, and in order to stop that very practically, Caitlin, you've got to start audibly. I would audibly do this. And I have audibly when I'm like, when I feel myself getting so negative and everything's negative and they're negative and they looked at me weird and they looked at me sideways and whatever. And, you know, I don't like my hair today and you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I sometimes will sit in my car and audibly say, God, I thank you for the fact that I have a car that I can drive. I thank you for the fact that I can put gas in my car. I thank you for the fact that I have been married for 17 years. I thank you for the fact that I have four children. We have food to eat. We have clothes on our backs. You can always find something to complain about and you're going to always find something to be thankful for. It's where do you want to put your mind focus? So Caitlin, it is, a, it is like, you know, we're going back to elementary school here with these, with these very practical challenges, but I would literally start reciting to yourself, God, I thank you for X. And God will, um, it will change your heart. It's a supernatural thing that does change your heart. There is something there, Caitlin, for you to be thankful for. We all have it. Um, uh, and, and, and we all can take time to um, tell the Lord how grateful we are to him. I mean, this morning I was just so thankful that I woke up and didn't feel like I wanted to go back to bed because I've been so tired. <laughs> this morning I got up, caught, I made my coffee. I put my little creamer in my coffee and I drank it. And I was like, thank you, Lord for this coffee because I know he made the coffee bean for me. Listen, you can find something when you get in a practice of Thanksgiving. It is so much easier to, for your mind to, um, train it, retrain itself on what to think about your circumstances. I hope that helps Caitlin. Um, let me pray us out today. I love y'all so much. Happy Thanksgiving, um, man, have the best time eating Turkey and whatever you eat. Some people don't even eat turkey. Some people barbecue. You just never know what people are. People have their own traditions, but have a blast uh, this Thanksgiving. I cannot wait to see you to start talking about Christmas next week. So Lord, we do thank you. We thank you. We thank you for our breath. We thank you, Lord, for, for your creation. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, just like Hannah prayed. We thank you that you remember us. We thank you that you hear us. We thank you, God, that you are a constant father to us. We are never without a father, Father. We are never without guidance. We are never without counsel. We are never without your provision, Father. And we thank you for that. Those are things that people not in relationship with you. They don't get that inheritance, Father. And we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you 
for that. So Lord, um, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for what you've done. We praise you for what you've done. We praise you for the lives that have been reached. We praise you, God. We praise you, Father, for your word that even makes this podcast something that anyone would want to click onto. And Father, I pray that you would continue to bless it. We ask for that in the name of Jesus. And God, we, we thank you for Mike. I thank you for Lisa. I thank you for Cassie. I thank you for Amanda and Ellen. God, I thank you um, for Jessica. I thank you for the team that you have put together to make this thing possible. So Lord, we, we bend ourselves down low and we worship you and we thank you um, for our blessings this Thanksgiving and um, all for your name. We do it all for your name in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, guys, I will catch you next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Yep, 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 yep.